Hello, welcome to my Camino, the podcast. I'm Dan Mullins. It's great to have your company. Special thanks to my new Patreon sponsors this week. Bill and Berto and Andrew and Annie. There's Martha who's joined the team as well. And Keith and Amy. So thank you so much. And I'd like to take this opportunity to thank a handful of people who have sponsored me for years. Brian Chisholm and Carmel Foster. There's Diane Anderson, Brian Danker, Carl and Lenny Sticklemeyer, Steve Walther and Stephen Kukulis. And they're just a handful. I'll be thanking all of my long-term sponsors over the next few weeks. Thank you all. Your contribution keeps the podcast available for all of us. If you're interested in sponsoring me, I'll put a link in the show notes or visit patreon.com forward slash Dan Mullins. This is a podcast about El Camino de Santiago, or the way of St. James. James was one of Christ's apostles there in the Garden of Gethsemane and at the Sermon on the Mount at the Last Supper. He was a humble fisherman when Christ invited him to join him in making the world a better place, a kinder place, a place of harmony, not of discord. Well, if you're new to the podcast, welcome. Each week I interview someone who has walked the Camino, perhaps hoping to find some clarity of spirit. Maybe you're listening today for the first time because someone mentioned the Camino to you and you thought this podcast would be a great place to start. Well, I hope it is a great place to start. But if I could offer just one word of encouragement, one word to inspire you to walk the Camino, it would be family. Pilgrims around the world consider themselves part of a huge family, a collective of souls who, like Jesus and his disciples, want the world to be a kinder, gentler place. The Camino will open the possibility of that being a reality for you and all of us. As you walk alongside us, you become us. And so it has been for millennia. We're told pagans walked the paths of the Camino to reach the end of the world, Finisterre, And they walked for centuries, perhaps thousands of years. Everyone walks the Camino with a smile on their face and a blessing in their heart. Despite the sometimes difficult days, the rewards are endless. You'll find your place in the family of pilgrims around the world. Gandhi said, be the change you wish to see in the world. I couldn't possibly have thought of a better line for pilgrims of El Camino de Santiago. Marianne Summer sent me a copy of her new book this week. Ten Paths to Santiago. They're ten personal stories about walking the Camino told by pilgrims from all around the world. Marianne's on the line from Copenhagen. Welcome, Pilgrim. Thank you so much. Thank you for inviting me. Tell us a little bit about yourself, Marianne. Yeah, um, I'm a Danish woman um, in her 50s. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a journalist and author and has worked as a communication specialist for many years. I have two lovely daughters and um, yeah, and a lovely life. <laughs> that has changed a lot since the Camino. Yeah, I'm sure. And the book is a great read. It's, it's really interesting. There are 10 stories of pilgrims that you want their story to be told and their varied stories and we'll get to that in a minute but what about you tell us about your Camino or Caminos yeah my Camino I I was thinking actually is I think it started in uh, 18 uh, when I was traveling um, visiting uh, some Indians in Panama um, some Kuna Indians and that's that's the first time I was like you were talking about living in harmony and 
I was like, oh, they're living in harmony in nature. They don't have a lot of things. Um, and I was starting to think about my own life uh, in the treadmill, um, working really hard and not very happy about my job. So that started some thoughts about changing my life. Mm. And um, in 19, uh, I decided to quit my job. Um, I, I didn't know really what what was going to happen afterwards, but I wanted to go abroad and work as a volunteer. Um, and I started out in South America, where I worked two different places, uh, teaching children English in very poor areas in Peru and Chile. And then I was I wanted to go to to work as a volunteer in Spain. So there's this site called uh, workaway.info and and you can just find all sorts of volunteer work, really all sorts. Um, you can also help people at a, having a camping or you can look after donkeys in uh, <laughs> Greece. And, uh, and then I found this um, albergue or hostel um, at the Camino and they were looking for uh, a volunteer. Uh, to serve breakfast for the pilgrims and to clean up, um, clean after them. So I applied uh, for the job. Uh, it was in February uh, 2020, so just before COVID. Mm. Um, and 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 the woman at the the albergue, she she wrote me back and she says. Um, you know, there are only 13 inhabitants in this village. Are you sure you want to come here and stay? <laughs> um, and I was like, yes, that sounds just perfect. Um, I just wanted some calm. And I also had a project of writing on a book. So I was just thinking that is just perfect. Uh, and, um, and then I wanted to walk, of course, a part of the Camino before going there. So uh, so one of my daughters, she's, it just fitted in her schedule. So we arranged to, to meet there and we started in Logroño um, and, and started walking from there. And it was at the, yeah, it was in February. So, so it was not, I mean, not a lot of uh, yeah. albergues were actually open. Yeah. So that was like a bit of a challenge. So where was the albergue that you were volunteering at? That was in uh, Ornillas del Camino, which is just the stop after Burgos. Sure, sure. Wow. I don't know if you remember it. Yeah. I do indeed. I know exactly where you were. Yeah, yeah. And so this is early in 2020. Then COVID hit. What happened? Yes, I, I I went there and we walked uh, a part of the Camino together, which was really fantastic. Um, then my daughter went home after a couple of days and I continued walking. Um, and then I, I ended up in uh, Ornias and, and it was just like this little cute village and with this church and I was just, the, the alberca was just next to the church and and uh, I got my little room, uh, very, very little room. 
uh, uh, for myself, but that was like one of the things that was important to me. I, I, I actually think it's a little bit difficult to, to, to sleep in the dorms. Uh, it can be quite challenging yeah, when people yeah. are snoring and everything. So I, that was actually a priority. And, um, and I got my little room and then I went to the local cafe because there were a couple of cafes open at the time. Um, and I, I just easily got f- like friends with the, the people who had the cafe. So, um, so yeah, so that I hanged, uh, I mean, I was hanging around a lot there after work, but the deal was that I was serving breakfast early in the morning yeah. at seven and when the pilgrims left, I was cleaning up after them, as I, um, as I said. But often I just started talking to people at the all the pilgrims. I thought it was so interesting to talk to them and all their different stories. And I, I soon found, found out that they were standing at crossroads just like me also in my life, mm. uh, a lot of them. Mm. Um and 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 I was also thinking it's it's the same path, but the experience is so different depending on who you are. And I met this. I remember I met this old man from Switzerland. He had walked all the way from his home in Switzerland, and was ending up at the Camino. Like I think it was around Christmas time he left, and he was there oh. like two two months later. But the, actually, in ancient times. Um, I've I've read that 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 was actually the pilgrimage started when you left your home. Mm, yeah. Uh, yeah, and there was also this German girl who also had been on her way two three months in a tent uh, and must have been freezing out there. Yeah. And yeah, and also a lot of Spanish people. And I, I mean, it's I I I'm as a journalist also. I just love the personal stories. So so that was actually very important to me to to meet the people um all the time i had that in my mind and and that's also why i got the idea for the book and actually i wanted to to interview the people that i had met in ornillos at the albergue but then a couple of weeks later everything closed down um so so that was not possible yeah um yeah it was quite a yeah, it was. It, it went really fast uh, with the COVID when they closed it down uh, because, of course, we we've heard in the news that something was coming up, and but then one day the the owner of the albergue she came and she's like, okay, in two days everything closes down, the whole camino closes wow. down. Yeah, and I started to ask people at the cafe, also the pilgrim, the pilgrims, and. Oh, uh, are you going back to, you know, yeah, back to, oh, I mean, it was difficult even to get out at that time sure. you know, with buses from, from Burgos and I had to fly to uh, Barcelona and then back to Copenhagen and yeah, it was a bit of a mess. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, there was uh, this one guy that I met, an Argentine guy, young one. Um, I wanted him to participate in my book as well, but his English was not good enough i speak some spanish you know and um and he actually finished the camino during covid so he was just like walking the camino but nobody was <laughs> walking it with him and just you know yeah. knocking at people's doors and staying a little bit here and there and working a little bit yeah. here and yeah. yeah 
There were some people who continued to walk, that's right. But I suppose in many respects they did so against the advice yeah. of the authorities and did so really against yeah. at risk because at that stage we really didn't know what was going on. The whole world was watching, weren't they? All wondering what on yeah. earth was going on. Just one question yeah. about volunteering and being a hospitalera. Yeah. Did you think when you were doing it that anyone could do it? Was it something that you felt perhaps was a difficult job or is it for everyone working as a hospitalera? I think it's for everyone if you have an open mind and if you don't mind cleaning and yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, which I don't at all. Uh, I actually enjoyed it. I when they left, it was everything was quiet because I was the only one in the alberga, and I was just like uh, listening to music and cleaning and singing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and then I, I I did I did some yoga afterwards, um, and it, it was so uh, I was so happy. And that's also one of the things. You know, I I, I of course I, I have been happier in my life, but that was actually one of the happiest moments in my life. And I had nothing i had like my backpack but there was nothing in it really and yeah. i had this little room it was like i don't know two square meters or something yeah. and it was pretty cold also and uh, there were no shops i couldn't buy anything and i you know i it was really simple 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 living yeah. um and i felt so happy um, yeah but it's interesting that you started uh, in, at the start of the interview. You said that you wanted to get off the treadmill. That you'd had this very, very busy life, and and here you yes. are. Here you are. Um, you finally found this happiness, and you're you're really enjoying yourself. And then COVID goes and ruins it all. I wonder what you felt yeah. on your way back to Copenhagen. Yeah, it was really sad. Yeah. but I mean, I. I I just, I, I think I'm good at thinking when it's beyond my control, I try not to fight against it. You know what I mean? Yes, 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 yeah. yes. Yeah. <laughs> that's a, well, that's a very good philosophy because that's really just beyond your control. There's nothing you can do about it. So you're right. No. Yeah. Sadness is one emotion, yeah. but frustration is simply a waste of time. You say early in the book that you spoke to pilgrims who got to know themselves better during the long walk. Why? What is it about the Camino, you think, that lends itself to people getting to know themselves better, this awakening? I, I think that we, we, we don't spend so much time without doing something. We're always like on our phones or watching TV, maybe both at the same time. Uh, even when we're biking, we're often listening to to music or a podcast or something in our ears, and it's and when when you walk, you just you're confronted with yourself because you don't have distraction. Um, so I, I I think I think it's it's a simple I mean it's a simple answer, but I think it's 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 actually the case. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, that you don't have distraction, and also sometimes then, and that was also interesting in my book because, I mean, some of the pilgrims, especially one of the pilgrims, he's like, "I want to walk the Camino. It's my process. I'm not taking anybody in." Kind of not being rude, of course, but just decided just to to deal with his own uh, problems and thoughts and everything, and. 
And that's the way he gets confronted with himself, himself. and and other, other other pilgrims. It's the other way around. They get to know themselves through also other people. Yeah. Uh, for instance, uh, for instance, the, the English uh, pilgrim. He just before walking the Camino, he he was um, uh, in a relationship and and. His girlfriend uh, was pregnant, and she lost the child. And then he, um, they were, yeah, they they split up, and he got a tattoo in Spanish because she 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 was Spanish. Uh, I don't remember the exact words, but it was "Sleep well, my little uh, darling," or something like that. Um, and and he told also that he'd never really talked talk to people about about this but when he walked the Camino people kept asking him okay what what is this tattoo and and he that he had to answer them and explain and in that way he got healed um so that's also interesting I think yeah. that sometimes others can yeah can help you heal yeah wow I confront you yeah, yeah that's rich from Britain yeah so let's talk about the book. You say the light motif in the ten stories is that the physical obstacles and the pilgrim's mental state seem to come together. And you say regardless of the individual's perception or age or gender, belief or even life situation, the Camino experience is an indelible and invaluable step on the life path of every pilgrim. Indelible, mm-hmm. indelible and invaluable step. You see... When you talk there about the life path, it's about a journey, isn't it? So someone like Rich from Britain maybe yeah. was at home thinking, "What am I? how am I going to get through this stage of my life? So they yeah. step out onto the Camino and begin a journey. And the Camino itself, you might get to Santiago and it's finished, but that's really just the start. Because yeah. you're on that journey, it leads you, doesn't it? It becomes part of a longer life journey. Yeah, the Camino starts when it ends. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, yeah, that's 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 really the case. Yeah, but with with Rick, it was really interesting that he he had been very depressed and not talked to anybody. And then at the Camino, when he met uh, his Camino family, um, that changed everything. And he opened up also afterwards. So it's true. I mean, it's. And and that's also what what happened to me. Um, uh, it, it changed. Well, the book also changed me. You can say um, sure. It inspired me a lot because when when um, when I when I got back uh, to Denmark, um, um, I, I wanted to do the. I mean, to write the book anyway, <laughs> and I I started to look at the Facebook sites and. I've I've I found the first pilgrim who has one of the Facebook sites and mm-hmm. asked him, oh, "Okay, can I um, can I post something at your Facebook?" Uh, and he was like, "Oh, but you can also interview me." Yeah, <laughs> I had walked the Camino several times, and 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 the stories, of course, uh, has inspired me a lot. Um, for instance, also. Uh, this uh, this American woman, Shara, um, 
she she got the divorce. Well, she was divorced. She went to the Camino for the first time. And then she thought, okay, this is how I want to live my life. Just like I said, also, like, uh, you don't need a lot of stuff and you don't know what is going to happen tomorrow. You're just going with the flow. And, and she inspired me a, a lot uh, in my own Camino story because she decided after the first Camino that she didn't want like a steady place to live. She just yeah. wanted to like, like I said, go with the flow and just tr keep trusting. Trusting is a key word. Mm. And that's also a key word that I really, really, I mean, it's easier said than done. <laughs> well, um, well, that's exactly right. I'm going to jump in, Marianne, because it's actually not just easier said than done. It's actually very difficult because yes. we are programmed to expect and want and need all the time. We need to, 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 to be on our phones. There's a great book out at the moment by a, a British writer called Johan Hari, and he talks about yeah. stolen focus and how our, yeah. our new surroundings has stolen our ability to focus. So mm -hmm. we no longer can, and new generations, younger generations indeed, you know, generations uh, X and Y, they think that they can do eight things at once. They can be watching TV while yes. on their phone, mm -hmm. surfing the internet, playing a game, doing all the, but mm -hmm. they're never really focusing on anything in particular. No. Stepping no. out onto the Camino de Santiago, you are finally given an opportunity to focus and focus on you. Yes. Exactly. And that's also the, the French pilgrim. He's like, all young people should just go that Camino. I'll take their phone, throw them away. <laughs> each <laughs> and of the Camino. Yeah, each, well, that's right. Each of the chapters in the book features a pilgrim from around the world. There's Rory from Ireland, Nathan from America, Soren from Denmark, Martina from Germany. There's uh, French Francois, American-born Tierra. There's a Swedish couple, Jenny and Dennis, and Pedro from Spain. Rick, as you said, from Britain, and Joanna from Portugal. If there was one thing that stood out in all of the conversations you had, what would it be? I actually think Chera, because she decided, as I said, uh, just to live her life, like go going with the flow, and she's become a dog sitter, house sitter, whatever. And... Um, and what actually happened after the Camino book, I finished it, I was thinking because uh, I'm working as a freelancer, my, my daughters have flown the nest. So I was thinking, well, I don't need this big apartment <laughs> anymore. I don't need a lot, actually. And I decided to, to sell my apartment. So I'm like actually living... Uh, a bit uh Chera's life now um I, I i sold most of my stuff uh uh it's now what what i have left is stored in 7.5 square meters in some uh, storage <laughs> um and i decided to move a little bit to another place uh, in in denmark um and where because I, i'm also a digital nomad of course i can write yeah uh, sure in, uh, yeah, so that's also a big opportunity. And then then I, I really tested the trust thing, you know? So I put my apartment for sale and it was just a decision like 
it I just it just came to me a Sunday. I called the agency on Monday. On Wednesday, it was for sale, and I sold it in ten days or something. Goodness. And yeah, it was like yeah, and I, I had lived there for twelve years. Uh, I I mean, with my daughters, and we we've had really nice time spent there and it was actually also hard to let go of of course it's it's like it's also a sorrow but i i was trusting like okay this is the right thing to do and i remember i just called one of my friends and i was i didn't know where to live or anything uh, but of course i would have some some extra money because i mean it was a good time for selling um, but then I called a friend and she was like, oh, but you can stay at my place. I have I have a room. My daughter, you know, she also moved out. So and I was like, oh, yeah, well, yeah, that, yeah, thanks. You know, so I was really testing the trust thing. And um, because because, you, I mean, to answer your question. So Chera actually really inspired me. Yeah. So so now I'm living Chera's life. <laughs> <laughs> so let me ask you, Marianne. What do your friends yeah. and family make of this transformation in you? Well, I was, well, my parents are still alive and they were like, what? <laughs> <laughs> are you going to sell your lovely apartment? And they're, they're not, they're, they're very different from me. I mean, yeah, yeah, they're the more traditional, of course, also the age and everything. And, yeah. but, but they've supported me, but my friends are like, wow. And I mean, a lot of a lot of my friends thinks it, it's it's fantastic, and actually, I I started surfing a couple of years, like five years ago. I used to be a swimmer, so it's not uncommon to me to to be in the water. So actually, the place I stay now is um, a surfer place, uh, and they have this co-working space. It's called Surf and Work, not Work and Surf, but Surf and Work. Oh, um, oh come on! <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Now, if you had said to me of all the places where I'm going to go surfing in the world, Denmark would not be on the top of my list. No, what, I know. Where are you surfing not, in Denmark? In the uh, in the west coast, um, and and people oh, actually okay. come there from from a lot of different places. Wow! There. At the co-working space, there there like uh, yeah, Germans and um, a Dutch guy, and I know when I mean here in summer they're gonna be also French and yeah, so it's not the biggest waves, but it's it's their waves. So uh, yeah, so it's like I I really changed my life after the Camino, and I really test I'm testing this trust 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 and everything. The more I trust the more things just turn out perfectly, you know? Yeah. Wow. That's great. I just want to talk about a handful of notes that I've made in the book. Martina from Germany says, when describing herself now many years later, compared to how she was before the Camino, Martina says that she is more self-confident, more independent, happier on her own. Now she is much more aware of what she wants and what she does not want and Mm -hmm. that's what we were talking about isn't it focusing on you and finding out what really matters to you yeah it's like yeah you you, it's easier to listen to yourself when it's quiet around you i mean that's quite obvious of course but if you've if you've never really done it and also maybe been in a relationship 
where you lost yourself, you know, um, and you have you've lost also, you know, you don't know where your boundaries really are anymore, and then it's it's difficult to to listen to your heart and your gut feeling, and yeah, yeah. So, and that was quite interesting with Martina, I think, because I could really, and it's I I also need to say, I mean, I had like goosebumps a lot of the time and you know it when i talked to the um, the pilgrims because it, it resonated so much in me also talking to them so it was like a blessing to to and they really really shared their their feelings and thoughts and it, they were really open so i'm i'm really thankful that they chose to to share their stories and i could feel with martina and She's she's um she's a little bit the the shy type, you know, um, yeah. and I really felt that it, it really meant a lot to her, and it was also her first time traveling alone. So just just taking, I mean, walking on the plane alone, getting off the plane, and I mean, her she was worried that she wouldn't find her way to to the, the Camino. It was a Portuguese Camino. And yeah, it was, and yeah, and then she just did it. She also met uh, this woman, and that that really also helped her. Uh, but but she did it alone, and 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 she really grew. I mean, I think you grow also when yeah. you do things like that. I mean, it's it's yeah, it's like well, you're out of your comfort zone, and and that's where people also say that's where the fun is. All the fun is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> And yet Jenny and Dennis from Sweden talk about difficulties walking as a couple because sometimes Jenny walked in pain and she didn't mm. walk as easily as Dennis. And she says he'd be walking along next to her whistling and she said some, yeah. sometimes she would get annoyed because, you know, she thought it was unfair. Yeah. yeah. Yet reading their story, there's absolutely no doubt that they were closer together as a couple, as a result of walking the Camino. Yeah, sure. You should see them on the screen when I interviewed them. <laughs> they were just like so much in love and the, the way oh. they looked at each other and they were holding each other's hands and, oh, it was, yeah, it really, it melted my heart, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, so I think, yeah, that was really... But also, of course, but sometimes you also have to have these difficulties that, as you say, bring you closer together. So, yeah. Soren's journey too. He said that after he landed back in Copenhagen, he met his ex-girlfriend and she noticed a transformation in him. And he said, it felt like I had walked from my inner darkness into the light. And his, his chapter is called Hopeless to Hero. And yeah. I, 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 when I read his chapter, I thought, this, this is the true blessing. Yes. And I actually, that's the only pilgrim that I know personally. And I can't explain you. He's been traveling a lot in his life. And every time, sometimes I, I, I have been thinking, I mean, it's a kind of fleeing for something, you know, from something, you know. You know what I mean, where like, and the Camino, he came back and I was, what happened to you? Yeah. <laughs> I felt, I felt, really, really felt his transformation 
and and I said to him, this is 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 the first time you've been away that I actually feel that you're not. I mean, you you're not you have not been fleeing. You have been really like working on yourself. Um, and and I, I he tells also in in his story that when he as he, as he's walking is it's like his life is like a library and all these bits and pieces comes into his mind and when when they enter the mind he looks at him and then he can let go of everything and he had some really tough things in his life um he's lost his brother when he was uh, young and and he had really a lot of thing and he had he's also a cancer uh, survivor uh, so he really had a lot to look at, but I just felt a huge transformation. And so did his girlfriend, yes. <laughs> yeah, and he's even thinking about walking around the world. 45,000 yeah, yeah. kilometers, 20 million steps. That's some impact from the Camino there, right? <laughs> yeah, and he is actually capable of doing it. I wow. mean, he's not, yeah, he, he's, he can, he... <laughs> There's no limits in his, in, in his head. I really admire him for that. Fabulous. That's so. just so great. As I said, there are 10 stories in the book, and each chapter finishes with a little piece of advice. Uh, and there are 10 pieces of advice in all. I'll choose three, and we, we can talk about them. The first one is limit your photos. Why should I limit my photos, Marianne? Yeah, but it's again about focus. Um what we were talking about, if you have your phone, I, I actually did it. And my daughter was like, mom, <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing with your phone? <laughs> so I actually did it. Um, and then when you have your phone, you're like, oh, oh, there's a message. And, you know, you get distracted. Uh, so so that was actually the, the Swedish couple that recommended that. Um uh yeah just to keep your focus and and not it's like yeah but you often see also other tourists and and you're thinking oh are they actually seeing what is what is in front of them or just seeing everything through a screen you know yeah so yeah, yeah. so it's about keeping focus for sure yeah i remember seeing a concert simon and garfunkel years ago and the yeah. the girl next to me sat there the whole time filming it and i said why don't you just watch it She's like, yeah. she's like, oh, I want to watch it later. I'm going, well, you can watch it now. It's those two guys <laughs> down there. Wouldn't you rather watch those two guys down there? She thought I was weird, which was really weird. But <laughs> Another piece of advice, which I really think is interesting, is bring a book. Yeah, because you spend time alone also uh, in the, I mean, when you get there, you get, you get to the, the albergues quite early uh, unless you walk a lot okay. uh, yeah. and then it's it's good to have a book and, and it, it's better than looking at your phone um actually when you also mentioned the 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 thing with young people especially who can't just focus on one thing at a time actually reading a book is one of the things we do where when we where we have to focus Mm. Um, otherwise, we can't read it you know, because we can't. We can bike and listen to music, and we can watch telly and yeah. be on our phones. But we are actually reading a book. You're really focused. Yeah, yeah. And I could have done with this advice on my first Camino, Marianne. There's a difference <laughs> mm -hmm. between water resistant and waterproof. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
that was uh, yeah, that was Nathan, uh, the American pilgrim, and he found out also. He learned the hard way. <laughs> yeah, I was the same. I was the same. And I should say, the book's not just about walking. Pedro from Spain did the Camino on his bicycle, and we know it's a very, very popular trip on a bike. Um, so there's yeah. a, there's a message in there for cyclists as well. Now that you've done this research um, and you've spent a bit of time on the Camino, you've done a little bit of work as a hospitalero, what would you say to somebody who's listening today thinking of walking? Just do it. If it, if the Camino calls you, as, as you say, um, do it and, and just jump out of your comfort zone. Um, it's... And, and also know, because people say sometimes that I'm courageous for what I've done and everything. And I, I tell them it's, it's not because I'm not fearful and shaking and biting my nails and things, but you, you have to just overcome that fear. It, it's, I have the impression that sometimes people are, oh, you can do that, but I couldn't do it. Do, do you get what I mean? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, so, so it's really about just yeah. You have to test yourself, push yourself a little bit. Can't stay in your comfort zone all the time. And I would also tell them that the first step you're on the Camino, you are a part of something. Um, you're like, and you get the Camino vibe. Um, and that's also like. Um, the German pilgrim, Martina, also says that one of the reasons why she chose the, the, the Camino is that she easily gets lost, which I also uh, get. <laughs> but the good thing is that they're just arrows all the time. So you don't have to focus on where you're going. You just have to focus on walking one foot <laughs> in front of the other. Yeah. So um, I like that so a lot. That, yeah. Mm, yeah so that's yeah so do it if you feel like the camino is calling for you yeah and do it also walk it on your own i know i did it also some of it with my with my daughter um and that was also really wonderful but um i i'm i'm really seriously thinking about walking you know the french camino in in um in autumn and I, I, I want to do it alone, um, for sure. I think it's, it's yeah. Um, you meet, of course, other people on, on, the, on, on the Camino, but it's not the same as when you're walking it with, with a friend of yours. And, yeah, you would have all the time to think about the other person. Um, am I walking too slow or too fast? Yeah. And, and all that. I mean, I think it's your own process uh, yeah. is the most important. Yeah. You recently, as you said, stepped back from a career as a journalist and editor, communication consultant and author and mm. considered this life as a volunteer. You wanted to give back. Um, yeah. Why? What, what was it in you? What happened to you? What moved you to want to be a volunteer, to give something back? Mm, yeah, I don't know. It's just, yeah, I, I mean, most of the things, <laughs> I don't hope my, my former uh, uh, bosses are listening uh, to this. 
<laughs> but, <laughs> but sometimes, I mean, a lot of time in my life, I've, I've done things that I, I don't think they were very meaningful. Um, working for big companies and the shareholders and, you know, um, and, and like the connection and doing something for other people, like it's, it really brings joy to my life. Um, actually, the place I'm staying in uh, west of Denmark at the moment, the surfer place, I just offered to, to help out in a restaurant, um, you know, just to do something else also, not use your head all the time and just meeting people. And yeah, I, I, yeah, it's just, it brings so much joy, I think, really. Yeah. Yeah, I play every weekend. I'm a musician and I play a little gig every weekend in a pub or a club. And it's my way of just clearing my head of all the rubbish from my nine, I don't have a nine to five job, but my full time job, you know, and it's so stressful and so kind of like running through or going through the motions in a way that being able to just stand in the corner and sing songs is just such a joy it's such a wonderful thing and then you know I get to speak to someone like you I I turn my microphone on in the studio and I sit down I go what's it going to be like talking to Marianne today I don't know anything about Marianne I don't know anything about and it's just been delightful (laughs) talking to you I don't know how long we've been talking looking at the clock there what 45 minutes or something yeah it's just an ability isn't it really to do what we love to do and and how blessed exactly. we are to find that in many ways, Marianne. Oh, yes. I feel so blessed also to be, I yeah. mean, that I did this book, that I found these pilgrims. And yeah, and yeah it's, it's just, it's a blessing. And yeah, because you're doing the same, you're doing the same job. And as I also write in the book, I, I, I see people a little bit like books. You don't, you, you don't, you don't know what's inside, but there, there are always a lot of good stories. You just have to find them and ask. And yeah, and yeah, yeah. I, I really also love my my job. <laughs> I know, like I know. Do. It's it's a blessing, and 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 having talked to you today is a blessing as well. I have just a couple of other questions that I want to run by you. Um, yes. What's next? Where, where to next what's what are you going to do next you're working at in the surf work place in, on, on the west coast of Denmark but are you going back to the Camino what's next yeah um I actually I I, I really like it there um and the plan is that I don't really have a plan and that's also really frustrating for people like you don't have a plan yes I do have a plan not to have a plan and um, uh. so um, I'm just like at the moment I, I wanted to go there. I w- uh, actually, I'm just in Copenhagen for one day because my oldest daughter is coming home from four months uh, traveling around and oh. then I'm going back again. But uh, people have been so kind to me there and I, I wanted to go there and find out how do I feel. And and it's not I mean, it's it's you, you can, of course, stay there a little bit cheaper than if you live in Copenhagen. Um, yeah. And so I just wanted to go there and feel the vibe and I like the vibe. So I think I'm just like, I've been asking people, okay, can I stay here and there? And it's like a patchwork a little bit to find places to stay, but um, I'm actually considering also staying in September and then I'll probably go 
to Copenhagen, but I want to, um, I, I, I'm really considering, as I said, walking the, the, the Camino also, but yeah. I'm, I, a lot of things are in the air because I, yeah, maybe it's too much, but I just uh, graduated as a yoga teacher also ah. uh, last month. So, and, um, and that's also, and I did it in English, so I can also travel the world with the, the yoga, you know? So I was also looking a little bit at pe- places where you can work as a volunteer, teach some yoga and uh, get accommodation and uh, food, uh, like at the Camino when I worked as a hospitality, yeah. 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 So I mean, it's open. It, I'm I'm chair now, as I said, the American woman in the book. Yeah, yeah. Well, so I just trust. Keep trusting. Yeah, keep trusting. Exactly. The Camino provides. I don't see any reason yes. why you shouldn't continue on this wonderful adventure. How lovely! How no. fantastic! How exciting for you! I'm delighted for you. I really am. I know your waves are much better in in Australia. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't know. You see, I can't say that, can I? Because I haven't surfed on the (laughs) west coast of of Denmark. Okay, one last thing before we finish up. Tell us a Camino story. I think it was when it was the encounter in Ornios. with the people who who had this bar, I didn't know them at all, and they just took me in. And their place, their 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 bar was so special. They had a lot of instruments there, and in the evenings, the pilgrims went there. And if somebody knew how to play the guitar or the drums, or they would make this little concert. Or and one day there was this girl; she knew how to dance salsa and she taught us how to dance salsa and oh. it was just a magic room I don't know and and yeah and I was sitting there writing and they were just where was yeah, that it was, that was in Ornios it's called yeah. uh, it's it, uh, just when you uh, leave the village um just before leaving to the right it's a magical and i just i i was just uh, writing them the other day and uh, it's been really hard of course because of the covid yes. and they just took it over just before covid so it was really um but they're still alive <laughs> and, and kicking and and uh, i'm sure the instruments i uh, know they're still there so you can go and make a concert if you, if you feel I like know it. maybe you want, you would want to go there of well, course well marianne i know that place yeah. someone else told me about that place it's got a drum kit in the corner yeah yeah, yeah it's yeah, got yeah. a drum kit on the corner it's only new right yeah it's like well yeah a yeah. couple of years they just took it over and it has yeah. now it has and i this is how i know about it and you might tell me I'm wrong. It has like um, trees, plants painted on the walls. Yes, yes, there yes, you yes, go. yes. There nice. you go. Somebody only just told me like two mm. weeks ago on the Camino said, Dan, you have to come and do a show here. Yeah, there it's a are. magical place. There it's a are. magical place. I, I get goosebumps talking about it. Yeah. Okay, well, there yeah. we go. I'm doing a show there. Hey, look, Marianne, thank you so much. Congratulations on the book. Congratulations on having the courage to step away from a lengthy and secure 
career to take on a life of giving back. And, and what a gift you are to fellow pilgrims and to all of us. And I'm sure you're a gift to your family and friends as well. So walk That's on, really Pilgrim. Yeah, we'll all look forward to the next chapter in your adventurous life. I'm sure there's another book <laughs> down the track. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> indeed. But in the meantime, Buen Camino. Buen Camino. And thank you so much. I feel so blessed and I'm really touched. Thank you. My guest this week was Marianne Summer from Copenhagen. You can find Marianne's book at 10pathstosantiago.com. It's the number 10, pathstosantiago.com. The book has a Facebook page and an Instagram page too. Special thanks to my new Patreon sponsors this week, Bill and Berto and Annie and Andrew, Martha and Bill and Keith and Amy. And thanks too to some of my long-time sponsors, Brian Chisholm, Carmel Foster, Diane Anderson, Brian Danker, Carl and Linny Sticklemeyer, Steve Walther and Stephen Kukoulos. Thank you all. Your contribution keeps the podcast available for all of us. If you're interested in sponsoring me, I'll put a link in the show notes or you can visit patreon.com forward slash Dan Mullins. Gandhi said, be the change you wish to see in the world. Amen to that. Until next week, I'm Dan Mullins. Buen Camino. Somewhere along the way, somewhere